0: My name is Milan Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers, and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless, and determined. We fight for love, profits, and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers, and families all over the world we gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire our stories tips will show you that everything is possible and this podcast includes all the best sales marketing relationship personal growth and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world our motto is my business is not my family my family is my business and we are here to show you how to have it all Hello everybody this is Warrior Family and I'm Similian Mori. We are all here because we believe that we can create and live the life we deserve and the life we're living but in order to do this we have to do something about it and the goal of this show is to bring you guests their beliefs habits uh, success clues so you can create the life uh, you want to live and the life worth living and to have it all and today's guest is uh, very famous person in UK. I saw him on the stage in London at one speaking event and people were rushing at the table to buy his exclusive Professional Speakers Academy product. And I'm talking about Andy Harrington. Hello, Andy Harrington. Welcome to my show.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you. Andy, he's the founder, as I said, Uh, of Professional Speakers Academy. Uh, He's a best-selling author of a book, uh, Passion into Profit. And his power to achieve event has transformed lives of tens of thousands of people and helped them achieve the professional and personal freedom and potential. So welcome one more time. And let's start with something. I'm sure you have this power to achieve. That is uh, the name of the exclusive event that you're running every year. But I, I think you have also power to produce. You have six kids.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: <laughs> six kids. So what is the hardest thing for you for being a father like?
1: I think um, the most challenging thing is I, I think your kids are all unique, of course, in their own way and that they will nearly always very often express a part of you which you've kind of disowned (laughs) in some way. And I think maybe either God the universe or whatever beliefs you have around this, it's kind of like they show up in your life to show a part of you that you've disowned such you can love a part of yourself that you've disowned through them Adding do sort of start loving yourself more again and accept those parts of you that you kind of would rather you weren't reminded of. Because, you know, I look at all my children, they've got, you know, i uh,
0: From 19, Josh?
1: Yeah, and Josh, 19, you know, very good with, you know, with words, very good with language, very good with people. That's that people side of me. Okay. Um, but terrible at disorganization, you know, being organized, etc., <laughs> very creative type. Um, then I've got Tom, who's my very introverted side, so he would be, you know, he's, he's going to, to uh, game design, going to university to study game design, so he'd very happily spend his whole day in his room, and very often does, um, just on the computer and, you know, doing magical things. Uh, my daughter, Gemma, you know, she is studying a business uh, administration, uh, and she's got my caring side to her, I guess. Uh, and the little ones, I guess they're still expressing themselves now, but Amelia, I've got Amelia, Alfie, and uh, cool. uh, Hugo as Hugo, well, yeah. yeah. We did actually have one more, yeah. uh, but unfortunately he was, um, we found out the day before he was due to be born, our, our dear little boy Aston, that unfortunately he died in, in the womb. Mm-hmm. So um, that was just one day before mm. he, was, he was due to be born. So yeah, we went through the whole process, of course, um, and that was a very challenging time again. But again, it, found, it helped me find a softer part of myself that maybe how I hadn't, you, I hadn't had a had chance to express. How did you
0: overcome this? Like me and my wife, we had a problem to get a baby for 10 years. Yeah. And then we almost lost it when yeah. she was three months pregnant. Yes. And I know it, it almost break, broke my heart. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, it, I mean, grief is unique for everyone, for sure. For us, we just, when we felt very, very sad uh, and we couldn't you know hold it in anymore we would just cry obviously wherever we were Uh, and we kind of just made. not that we spoke about it but we never really when someone was when either one of us was crying and obviously sometimes the other person made the other person cry and triggered us off but we never really spoke Mm -hmm. we just let the feeling come and come through us and come out the other side because no words are really helpful, no words like oh, I'll be better later, you know, yeah. it's okay. Those words don't really help anyway, they're just, just almost, almost, mm-hmm. they're almost words which would make you feel wrong for feeling the way you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So we just let it happen, we just hugged each other until the feeling started to subside and obviously it's difficult times in the early days, you know, the burial, et cetera, but eventually as mm-hmm. those, those days passed then the gaps in between the sadness get longer and longer mm-hmm. uh, until maybe now, you know, it's it maybe a once, two or three times a year, maybe. In fact, he's- he still remember. Yeah, his birthday is coming up very soon, mm-hmm. actually, so we have an Aston day every year. Mm-hmm. He's actually buried in a, in a natural burial site. His grave is marked with a big oak tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And every, every month or so, we all go as a family, and the kids climb his tree. Um, his tree's much bigger now than it was before, um, there's, a, there's a big blackberry bush right next to it, mm-hmm. so at certain times of the year, we kind of feel that his energy is growing the blackberry bush. So we eat the blackberries, and we feel like there's a cycle of life mm-hmm. being renewed within us when we do that. So it's a nice place for the kids to go, and they, um, even though they were, they were much, they are younger now, of course, then than they are now, but they still remember him and express him and think about him and uh, talk about him. So it's nice, nice for us, nice. yeah.
0: But God still bless you with six more kids. Yeah, we have six so children. Like, you you have like six teachers. Yeah,
1: exactly. So how is
0: the life of a busy father? You know, you are on stage a lot. You speak. Yeah, I think it's. How so do you uh, balance work and business?
1: Well, I don't think you do. Um, I don't think there is a balance. Uh-huh. I think balance is an illusion. Mm-hmm. In that um, an analogy, I like to think about is if you if you just stand on a like a wobble board.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, with a something in the middle and you'd be pivoting left and right if you and I did this once when I had some injury in my legs we had to sort of stand in this wobble board to to build Mm -hmm. the quad muscles back up and of course you're trying to get to a place where you feel balanced but of course you never really are there's always movement happening so balance people think balance is calmness and stillness Mm -hmm. no no that's not true balance is still movement Mm
2: -hmm. there's still
1: movement but the movements are less sharp they're not counterbalancing, mm-hmm. they're always like this. So mm-hmm. as long as I think you have energy in every mm-hmm. aspect of your life, um, and you don't neglect a particular part of your life for too long, and then you have to counterbalance mm-hmm. back too much, because that's when you get this seesaw effect, mm-hmm. and that can make you feel quite pretty sick. So I think you have to have a lot of um, energy going into every of those areas. Um, and for me, I think it's compartmentalized of time, because yes, I do spend days on stage, but when I'm presenting here in the UK, if I'm Mm -hmm. presenting in London, I don't stay in the hotel, I go home at night. wow. Um, Even in my big events, because that's one touch point back home again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even if I only see my wife briefly for an hour in the evening, and I probably won't see my children because they'll be in bed, but I'll see them in the morning for an hour, that's another touch point. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm, shift mm -hmm, of balance mm -hmm. in that way, you know? Mm -hmm. Although it'd be easier to spend time at the hotel.
0: Yeah. For sure. It's
1: not about being easy. (laughs) It's about you know, it's about doing what's right and what what feels right to me. And I, if I actually stay away too long from the family, I feel pretty disconnected and lonely anyway. So. Me too. It's about going back to the source Mm -hmm. because then Mm -hmm. I can give more to everybody else, you know, rather than.
0: So you have this feeling of guilt when you are not at home. Like I have when I travel, I travel a lot. I have this bad feeling that I'm not good enough father. Okay. Did, Did you have this feeling in the past or?
1: I don't think so. Um, For me, it's about being present when you are, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think. And you've got to, it's about communicating to your loved ones, again, so much how much you love them. Because it's about teaching the children that feeling of Mm -hmm. interdependence, anyway that mm-hmm. they don't want to feel, you know. I want them to feel that they can travel too, they can do those things, they mm-hmm. can broaden mm-hmm. their horizons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just about compartmentalizing time, you know, wherever I am, that's where I am. So, you know, while well, I'm here with, interviewing mm-hmm. with you, okay.
2: yeah.
1: uh, although you ask me questions about my family, et cetera, my, 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 my thought is on where I am right now in mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. And only when, well, only when I'm outside of that, then my Good. thoughts will turn to what, what else mm-hmm. needs my attention. Yeah
0: being a father is not easy for some men. Do you think that uh, we have enough men on this planet today? (laughs) I I heard these uh, words over and over again in every show, that there are not any men outside there. Like, what is the man? What is the real man for you?
1: I don't know. I think men are we our role has evolved and changed Mm -hmm. and i like to think that every type of man in their own way has a place Mm -hmm. and fits so that i think this one identity what a man should be like is probably a falsehood anyway because there is always a place where a man's role, or how he wants to be, mm-hmm. can there, there, there can be a role and a, a relationship for him that works.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not every woman wants a relationship with a man that where he's smothering her with love and always mm-hmm. uh, always there and attentive. Some women actually want to have. You know, everyone's different. They've all you know, and that's the beauty of the world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That the world produces people that have different values and different needs and different beliefs. Mm-hmm. And what it's about is trying to find someone that you're in a relationship with that understands you, accepts you, even the parts of you which Mm -hmm. are difficult to love because they're crazy and they're strange, all these big mistakes you make. Because, you know, if you're very good at something, it's inherently true you're going to be very bad at something else. So I'm actually pretty forgetful.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which is strange for a public speaker who will speak for three, four days without forgetting his words. Um, <laughs> but that's the nature, but I'll be very forgetful about different things. And my wife now will laugh at that. an example today I was, yeah. we're going on holiday, as I mentioned, um, to Europe, uh, tomorrow. So I went to the shop to get um, some euros yeah. and she said, go to Marks and Spencer's, go there to get the euros A shop in the UK in the shopping mall. So I went there with my kids and I went to the, to the Marks and Spencer's, and got the Euros and came out. And I knew my car was parked at a particular place. So I looked, I went, and it was only at this point I realized I wasn't even in Marks and Spencers. I'd actually gone to a completely different (laughs) shop to get the Euros. And only when I came out, did I realize I just got Euros from a completely different place and I thought I was in there. So that's quite a common occurrence for me. So, but my wife, when I told my wife that story, she laughed and found it enormously funny. Whereas it'd be quite common, you know, some, you know, if you're in the wrong relationship, the person's going to, um, judge you for that. So I think if you if you find somebody who loves the part of you that other people might judge you for, mm-hmm. that's when you know you're 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 the right in the right place. Mm-hmm. So nice. I don't think it's we all my my my, my biggest take on relationship mm-hmm. um, training <laughs> yeah.
0: uh,
1: or relationship or <laughs> relationship advice is one very simple piece of advice. Yeah. And that is that selection beats training every time.
0: Selection beats training every time.
1: Select the right person. Mm. It's easier to select mm. the right How person the right than person? to train someone to be the right Absolutely. person. Absolutely. I think it, you know <clears throat> the old attitude used to think was that relationships were hard work. Mm. You have to work at them. I'm actually finding the complete opposite. For the last ten years, I have found the complete opposite is true, and that actually when you find the right person, mm-hmm. then. Um, it 's not difficult it's difficult because you're probably with the wrong person that might seem really challenging to somebody to say, yeah, but no. I honestly really truly really believe that if you if your energies are in harmony yeah. and you'll have the right jigsaw piece for your puzzle you't don't, you don't need to be constantly trained and reminded and harrowed about how you're meant mm-hmm. to be yeah. because the person accepts you so and That's then in turn you accept them and if that works you have a harmonious relationship and everybody deserves to have that but I okay, guess sometimes we hang on because we fall into relationships because of proximity, mm-hmm, we fall into relationships mm-hmm. for all sorts of different reasons. But actually the first time that you get this sense of actually, this mm-hmm. isn't this, you know, you're, you know, you're not being accepted for who you really are, uh-huh. albeit, you know, if you're doing something very silly and nasty, that's, you know, of course you must draw your boundaries, but irrespective of that, mm-hmm. you know, I think we, you, it's better to pay attention mm-hmm. and to realize that, you know, selection is a, really important thing to be with someone for a long time and you
0: know choose well wow great uh you lost your father when you were 13 years old
1: i didn't lose my father i, I lost him emotionally
0: emotionally okay. Such. What, because, what happened
1: well um when i grew up and i was i played lots of football and cricket with my father and football
0: when you say football this is soccer yeah it's like, we okay. don't call it soccer. yeah i know any, but N- American we fans. neither, but you know, just yeah. to make it sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's football. Football played it's... with
1: the, with your foot. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I played football at a fairly high standard, uh, and my dad always came and watch. So my dad was like my little my hero. But then when my mum and dad split up when thirteen, I kind of became he, his life went off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So I became much more distant mm-hmm. from him at that point. Um, and I think you know, up until that point, I think I was certain search- Beyond that, I think I began questioning mm-hmm. a lot of things. So when I was up till 13 things were, you know, the world was flat, you know, it was round and then suddenly on mm-hmm. day, and I, and when my parents left, suddenly I questioned whether the, 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 the earth was now round, as in all my beliefs became questioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found out the world, world wasn't such a um, a beautiful lovely mm-hmm. place that it might have first appeared to be and that, that sort of stuck me probably until I was about 25 to 29 years mm-hmm. old, probably Mm -hmm. Uh, I was still trying to rediscover myself, if you were Mm -hmm. not quite sure what that really means, but find my place. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, So I fell into drugs at the ages 20 20 through to 30, Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a, a difficult time and challenging time for me as well moving around different places, renting lots of different places, you mm-hmm. know, only just getting by financially, mm-hmm. et cetera. It wasn't until I reached 30 that I reached some level of maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only then really did, um, did I start to go on a, a better journey, I think.
0: How did you get out of the drugs? Because today we have so many young people doing it. Yeah. I, um, I spoke with uh, uh, Grant Cardone, he was into drugs also.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, um, I think, more than anything and there are loads of different techniques Mm -hmm. that you can use and i use those as well but more important than anything as always is your why Mm.
2: you
1: know i didn't have a very strong why not to do drugs in fact i had a very strong why why i should escapism fun um you know going out clubbing Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff that was my why and until i found a mission and a vision that was bigger than that Mm-hmm. Um, then there wasn't any reason to change. And for me, that was actually the beginning of a new relationship and, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my, my son being born. Mm-hmm. And that was time to grow up. So mm-hmm. for me, it's just a, a switch that I switched and said, OK, now it's time to be me. time to well, me.
0: Something must happen in your head, probably, that you get a vision and the commitment that you will achieve yeah, something. Yeah, I mean,
1: the technique I used was one of just, yeah. you know, future pacing ahead and mm-hmm. looking at a... Uh, What's the outcome of this? What is the consequence of this behavior if it continues? And just created the imagery in my head of me being dead and six feet under the ground, all my my family crying around me because Hmm. they were all blaming themselves. Um, You know, and that that, that was a a driving force. And then when I was with my so-called friends and stuff at the time, then when that temptation was there, that picture that I'd put in my head would soon come in and it acted like a, a sort of pattern interrupt to interrupt what would be an automatic reaction to go and do Great it. Great technique. And it gave me an opportunity then to be a choice mm-hmm. as opposed to a reaction. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that was an immediate, but then very slowly that reaction became more and more mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to do it. And eventually it just stopped altogether. And so when I was about 29, I think the last time I did any form of recreational cupboard drug, I mean, I never did heroin in my life, but it yeah. was cocaine and um and ecstasy and speed and all mm-hmm. those kind of stuff yeah so that's you know, pretty tough to get off but and it's, it's actually quite mentally addictive more than it is also physically, physically addictive. Yeah. i think it's probably more mentally addictive mm-hmm. in that, you know you always need that you know you're going out with friends you need that little lift to have fun yeah, that's not a good place to be
0: in 2017 i gained around 3.2 million followers on social media I earned more money than ever and got so many new opportunities. If you want to know how you can do that, download my free manual, Social Media Warrior, at www.warriorfamily.com. Let's talk about the business a little bit. Now, your main focus is your Professional Speakers Academy. What, what, how did you get into the speaking business? You know, you, you, you worked at the insurance, Churchill Insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For one thousand five hundred pounds a month. Yeah. And then what happened?
1: Yeah. So while I was there, um, I did get a little bit of an opportunity mm-hmm. to do some training. Um, actually, the, the the sales manager name was a lady called Karuna Sood, Indian lady, very elegant looking, bright red lipstick, you know, long Indian sort of wear, um, and she did the training for the new recruits when they came in. So mm-hmm. everybody who came into the company. Um, had like a three week induction program mm-hmm. to learn about insurance and sales and underwriting, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they also had this sort of sales training, and she took it. And I remember, you know, X number of months later, after I'd been taken on, I went to her office once and I said, mm-hmm. um, Hey, you must be really busy, Karuna, with um, doing this sales training, you know, being a sales manager as well. You know, I'd like to give it a go one day. You know, give me all your notes and stuff. I'm, I'm sure I won't be as good as you, but maybe it'll free you up, and it'll be a good something new for me to do. Said, "Okay, well, thank you." And then about four months later, uh, I'm on the phones, you know, taking yeah. the phone calls because an advert's gone out and it's flashing away on the screen. People it's like calling cold, up, cold call, calling call call, 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 call centre yeah. for a. And you know, she comes across me, I'm, and she sort of reaches across me and, and presses my phone so I don't take the next incoming call. And I feel a, a little bit nervous at this point because, you know, Churchill has this sort of remote uh, listening in program mm-hmm, where, you know, mm-hmm. if you've done something dodgy, they'll, you mm-hmm, know. So okay. I'm think, I didn't think I'd done anything wrong, but who knows, you, know, you never know, do you? Anyway, she, she, I said, oh, hi, Karuna. She said, oh, um, remember you had this uh, conversation with me you said you'd like to do the training at some point? I said, yes. She said, okay, well, do you still want to do it? I said, yeah, I'll be interested. She said, Very good. You're on in five minutes. <laughs> So I had five minutes to literally go downstairs, and all I had was a flip chart, uh, a flip chart pen, and uh, a group of, a small number, very small number of new recruits to train. And um, yeah, so I presented for an hour. Mm-hmm. I just made all this stuff off at the top of my head that I remembered from her training, because I obviously didn't have time to go for any notes. I, was, I did a really poor performance, I'm sure. But the worst thing of all was, as you know, w- w- when you're a speaker and you're somewhat new to the game, you tend to not really know what to do with your hands. And so you tend to fiddle. So yeah. I, during the presentation, I've been taking the pen lid off, putting the pen lid back on, taking the pen lid off, <laughs> You know, just outside of my awareness, no doubt inside of theirs. But um, the worst thing was every now and again, I'd clearly missed the, um, the lid yeah. and hit my hand. So not only did my hand have black ink <laughs> on it, the worst thing was always, when I went to the toilet afterwards, <laughs> I realized I'd transferred some of the ink to my forehead <laughs> had this massive black smudge across my forehead, um, and that was my first ever uh, entry into the speaking game. So, uh, and I went from that eventually to speaking at like the London O2 Arena to you know eight and a half thousand people. So, you know, sure if people yeah. are out there right now thinking you know that you have to be perfect at anything, yeah. you know I always say look if you want to do something, the most important thing is to start. Yeah. You know you have to start before you're ready. Mm. That's how you get ready, isn't it? So, again, it just goes back to your why of wanting to do something, doesn't it? Yeah, so, um, and you know, over the years, as my events, you know, I left Churchill and started Mm -hmm. my own companies. um, And eventually... What type of
0: business did you start
1: from? First company was a recruitment company, Uh actually. uh Back in the days, uh, 1998, we Mm -hmm. started a recruitment company in in information Mm -hmm. technology. So we just recruited, we, um, we, uh, hired and sold out consultants.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that was quite a lucrative And you business. sold that business? I did, yeah. We, we, uh, we'd done about 21 million pounds in revenue when I left it mm-hmm. and sold it onto my business partner. Um, and I went into a training business because that was more, I think, more, more my calling, mm-hmm. I felt at mm-hmm. the um, time, because I went to see Tony Robbins. Yeah, my partner at the time had a big problem uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to see Tony Robbins to solve that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as luck would have it, he chose a, uh, do a live intervention and change their life. I thought, wow, this is amazing. I want to do something like this. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, um, uh, but part of me thought, you know, who's going to listen to me? You know, what do you know? You know, you're just nobody. You had this limiting you know, beliefs You're just also. a, you're just a little, little kid from Kent. You know, who's going to listen to you? And so I thought, you know, you know, look at him, he's amazing. Look at him, he's just incredible. Look and at he's, he's so tall. He's huge. <laughs> he's huge. Look at you. you <laughs> yes. get, his, his teeth are bigger than you, right? Yes. <laughs> so I thought, you know who's going to listen to me? And so I forgot about it altogether, but actually we had another, um, so I forgot it on that first seminar. And then about six months later, we had another seminar with Tony Robbins mm-hmm, to go sure. to that we'd already pre-purchased okay, as part yeah, of yeah, David yeah, Destiny. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I, I was there too. Yeah,
1: uh, Hilton Head Island, South yeah, Carolina. Yeah. And, um, yeah, last day, where he does this exercise where you pair up the stranger and you stare right into their eyes, mm-hmm. you know, from about one foot away for about uh, five minutes. And everybody's pairing up, and I, you know, I'm very slow to find a partner, and the whole music starts, the lights dim down, I haven't got a partner. And then, of course, I'm scanning around I'm trying to find a partner, I think I'll have to sit this one out, and yep. this idea hits me. Tiny Robbins doesn't have a partner. No way. <laughs> so I walked past these security guards. I know I got past them, but I motioned to Mister. Robbins would he be my partner? And to my complete surprise, he agreed. And I got to have this five minutes to look into Tony Robbins' eyes. And um, in that moment, I became so I was literally weeping actually because I was so grateful for what he'd done for the family. And all, the whole moment hit me. And in that moment, I made my life-changing decision. I was gonna I was gonna start this business and to not become a Tony Robbins, but do yeah. you know, be, let him be my my target, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and to be honest, I think I was a bit of a Tony Crony for a while. <laughs> Probably did <laughs> copy him a bit too much to the beginning, but I think that's okay in the beginning, but then eventually you're, you know, the yep, model yep, you're leaning yep. on falls away and the real you comes through, I think, and that's always important. Um, and it was 11, about 10, 10 years later, and I was doing another event uh, in London, mm-hmm. and uh, the guest, the, the, the keynote speaker was Bill Clinton, um, it was happening at the Grosvenor House Hotel in London. Afterwards, there was a dinner for, uh, to raise money for Bill Clinton's foundation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on the top table, as guest of honor, was Tony Robbins. Now, I'd, at this point, I'd actually got, I'd actually now, at this point, in my 10 years later, I'd actually present alongside Tony a couple of times already. Uh-huh, Once yeah. um, in London with um, Donald Trump, and another time in London with Richard Branson. But I'd never got to speak to Tony. Can't mm. kind even of just flown in, flows back out. So I thought, wow, this is my chance, right, to, to say thank you and to... Mm-hmm. So um, Clinton's summing up, I can hear he's <clears throat> clearing up, you know, he's about to finish his thing. I'm SS security guards on both sides, I'm thinking he's probably gonna whiz away straight away. But I thought, okay, Robbins is kind of stuck in his chair, so I, I make a beeline for Robbins as soon as Clinton finishes. And um, he's speaking to some guy, so I, I wait for him to finish and tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> and then he turns around and stands up. <laughs> and then um, I proceeded to tell him the story of what I've just been outlaying to you.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, you know, everything that had happened and how that had led. You know, he helped my wife, and then I'd you know, gone on to do the training and spoke alongside and I was just so grateful. And um, somebody called on camera, and it was only at that moment I realised that was kind of the end of a cycle because. As I just said, it mm-hmm. all started with looking into Tiny Robbins' eyes yeah, yeah. and then ten years later I'm staring up into Tiny Robbins' eyes again, now catching off on the story for ten years later. So um, and that's always yeah, stuck yeah. with me. So now at my own events now, yeah. when people, you know, want to speak to me naturally, I might be tired and I've been on stage for ten hours. Ready I always speak. make sure it's really important in that moment. It might not be the most important thing to you, because you know, for you it's just you know, it's another member of the audience, for example. Mm-hmm. To them. It's a really important mm. thing. So I always make sure I give them my full attention just as Tony did for me back then um, to make sure that, that that's program. a special moment for them. And then of course it also becomes a special moment for you hopefully mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, cause that's why we do it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the, the power to achieve. Let's talk about the power to achieve sure. seminar. What is the seminar about? It's, about, would, it's
1: about probably four things. Mm-hmm. It's about mind, okay. it's about money, mm. It's about message,
0: mm-hmm.
1: about marketing. Uh-huh. So the four M's, really. Okay. Uh-huh. So mindset, um, because- It's not only
0: motivation, mindset, success. Yes, yeah, everything, yeah. yeah. So
1: mindset, because you know, as you probably know, uh, as, as good as we all are, as successful mm-hmm. we are, we all carry baggage of some kind. And even okay. the baggage we get rid of, you know, new baggage comes in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or or to use another bank.
1: analogy, yeah. new bugs come into your operating system of mind that need clearing up. So we work on that. Money, as in, beliefs around money, mm-hmm. um, your ability to track money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and also the investing and the, and the generating mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. money, uh, but then also the marketing for a business, mm-hmm. and also the message, what's the business about, what's the message, what's the core mm-hmm. message of the mm-hmm. business, and how you as the frontline business owner should be mm-hmm. the, the, that, that fulcrum that gets that message out so you you know you become the brand like richard branson's the brand for virgin Mm -hmm. like steve jobs is the brand for apple Mm -hmm. like you're the brand for your organization Mm -hmm. how do you create that brand story how do you create the brand message Mm
2: -hmm.
1: such that whenever somebody has a problem that that business can solve Mm -hmm. immediately that customer that potential client thinks of that thinks of you Mm -hmm. as the organization or the person Mm -hmm. that can solve that problem because if we don't do that, then what happens is the only way you're ever going to make a sale is to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. with the right person, which is very hit and miss. So it's much better Career. that when they're ready because they've hit a pain threshold, that at that point they think mm-hmm. can come to you rather than you go out selling to them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's about mm-hmm. using attraction marketing mm-hmm. and positioning mm-hmm. rather than just going for the one-shot deal all the time, one-to-one.
0: Mm-hmm. So people are coming to a power to achieve seminar and then probably find out that they have a message inside of them and they sign up probably for the speakers, professional speakers academy.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes, we, we- Usually. Yeah, we, yeah. Part, of, part of the program is there to, to mm-hmm. help people mm-hmm. to, to realize them. the massive potential they've got. Okay. But what I didn't want to do is just create a motivational where everyone gets pumped up and yeah, you know, yeah. and then they've got no, Nothing. where do I go from here? Like I'm waddy I'm yeah. but what do I do next? Yeah, so you've yeah. got to give them an actual sort of next step. Mm-hmm. So we give them several different next steps, depending on whether they want to go down the route of building a business, whether they want to invest money, mm-hmm. whether they want to create a message, whether they mm-hmm. want to focus on marketing. So mm-hmm. we give them a sort of a logical next step to take mm-hmm. Now that you're free and ready, mm-hmm. and have this hunger and desire, no longer you know, held back by mm-hmm. this old baggage, you've let all that stuff go, mm-hmm. then you need um, a, a way to move forward to begin the journey of making a difference, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: What, what, what is the best advice for some people that want to start the speaking business for you right now, and they're listening to the show? Okay, you said you just start, but you know. Yeah, yeah, you, well. You, how, you, you, somewhere you have to start, like yeah, how Yeah, so
1: to... the biggest thing to always is, What is the massive problem that you see Mm -hmm. in the world? I mean, that might seem a big thing, but it doesn't mean the world or in your your industry or locale or community. What is the big problem that you see that really upsets you that it's not Mm -hmm. been solved properly yet? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Or if it is being solved, it's not being solved in a really good way by the current providers. Mm -hmm. And it really annoys you to the point you get passionate about Mm -hmm. it and that you also get, you'd even go on a rant about mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. because that's where your content comes from. Okay. It comes from this desire to solve a problem in the world, because all businesses, whether it's you know, speaking or whatever, mm-hmm. all businesses have to focus on solving a problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then once you figure out, okay, what's the problem I care about? Mm-hmm. Then you go, who has this problem?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> who are the people that have this problem? So then you go, then you know like, okay, what problem am i gonna solve? Next question is, who am I gonna solve it for? So now you know what I do and who I do it for. Mm -hmm. And then all we've got to do is then work, think, okay, if this is the problem now, I need to start creating a solution. Mm -hmm. And that solution needs to come in the form of a recipe. Yeah. So we teach people how to discover a recipe or a blueprint or a a methodology for how you would solve that problem, Mm -hmm. which then either gets delivered as a solution, as either a service, Mm-hmm. As a product, it can be a service where you just give them information how to solve it. Mm-hmm. It can be a service where you don't you give them information and you work with them to solve it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you just solve it for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Done for you. Like done, <laughs> yeah, so done. it's either
1: done, do it yourself, okay. done with you, mm-hmm. done for you. Okay. And actually you can have yeah. all three if you're better, mm-hmm. couldn't you? So mm-hmm. people can plug themselves in at whatever level. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that, you know, your do-it-yourself can become your book and your information products. The Done with you can be like a workshop seminar, Mm -hmm. and the done for you can be a hands-on service for Mm -hmm. those clients who are wanting Mm -hmm. that sort of custom um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fit solution where you're gonna do it for them.
0: I think that you have very unique, special way to teach people how to develop this unique methodology, mm-hmm. can you talk about some steps in this unique methodology? Yeah. Because I listened to you and it, it was really great. Yeah. you know, People are missing this. They are just talking, talking, trying yeah. to sell some products, ideas, Yeah, workshops. because what
1: you have to remember is, is when, you're, uh, when you are just talking, yeah. you have to remember when, when, when people are listening to this now, then whatever we say, mm-hmm. we are speaking from a picture in our head. Mm-hmm. Our content comes from memories in our head, Mm -hmm. ideas in our head, we see something. Mm -hmm. And then all we, but they don't picture what we see. See, They have to take our words and make their own pictures. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, people don't, they listen, but most people don't see the solution. They Mm -hmm. only hear the solution. Mm -hmm. So you've got to give them an actual map of the solution because If you don't, they'll listen and say, oh, uh, yeah, okay. I know this. But they, yeah, they, they, go, they make up these noises like, yes, but in the end, they don't really get it. Mm-hmm. And they don't wanna say I don't get it because they don't wanna look foolish. Mm-hmm. And so they say, let me think about it. And that's actually your fault because they, been, they, should, they don't need to think about it. They should go, wow, that's great. It's like, if you're gonna take a, someone on the journey from point A, wherever their pain point is,
2: mm-hmm.
1: their problem they need to solve, we're gonna take them to point B where the problem's no longer there, That's a journey between A and B. So there has to be this bridge, this method, this Mm -hmm. way, these steps that get them there. Um, And so it's about, you know, that's why Tony Robbins has his own frameworks. It's why Mm -hmm. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Mm -hmm. Covey. It's why Robert Kiyosaki has his cash flow Quadrant. Mm It's why Avan Maslow had his Hierarchy of Needs. You have to give people a visual representation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of whatever process you're gonna take so it. Like step by step. First step, second yeah, step. But it mustn't be just bullet points mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's so forgettable. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be in a structure that's sticky mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sticks in people's minds. Otherwise it won't get that kind of popular um, appeal and sharing, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So what you have to do is number one, if you any problem you solve, I guarantee that problem's big. So you better break it up into sub-problems first. Mm-hmm. So, for example, public speaking, you know, I solved that problem. Mm -hmm. But public speaking could be broken down into at least four, maybe even five different bits. Mm -hmm. You've got the presentation skills bit, performance. You've got storytelling. Mm -hmm. That's a different skill set. You've got content creation. Creation. Mm -hmm. You've got selling from a stage. Mm -hmm. So there's at least four there. And so when you create, the first thing you've got to decide is, okay. now break this down to four, let's say, separate bits. Mm -hmm. Now I've got to do is, okay. Now I want to create a separate individual solution for each of those four bits. Because if Mm I create one big one, people will look at that and go, are you kidding me? It's overwhelming. I've got 79 different things to do. So you you take each individual problem and then break that one down into no less than three and probably no more than nine individual big parts, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what you do. So you first start with, OK, what's the problem going to solve? break it down to small problems, take one of those small problems and then brainstorm the, say, three to nine ingredients and Mm -hmm. steps, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the method, baking a cake, Mm -hmm. for example, as an analogy. Mm -hmm. Um, Three to nine. And the way you figure out what the three to nine steps are, number one is you go, well, how do I do it? Because if you're teaching something, you probably are skillful at doing it. So you've got to go, okay, how do I do that? So if, if if you were teaching how to bake a cake, you'd have to bake the cake and go, what am I doing? Because maybe you're so good at baking a cake, you don't even think about it. Yeah, yeah, So now you have to break down what is actually an unconscious act back into a conscious act.
0: It's one, one thing you do it and teach others how to do it.
1: Yeah, because you make assumptions. You know, if you're teaching yeah. someone to play tennis, you know, who's a complete novice, you have to start by teaching which part of the bracket to hold, because they might turn up and hold the, and hold the wrong end. And as stupid as that sounds, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then once they then hold the handle, the next thing is, well, okay, how do I hold it? Is there a special type of grip?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or mm-hmm. How, you know, t- do I just grip it tight or loosely? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And there's no point talking about hitting the ball before you first talk about the grip. Does that make no, sense? Absolutely no, no. But for somebody who's played for years, they'll just say, oh, just pick up the bat. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. pick it up. And you can't, oh, you know, just hit, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. There's no, so no. many different steps you have to go through. And that's what great training is. You can learn, I believe, any skill Mm -hmm. or any um, talent that you have can be taught, provided that you break it down into enough simple, easy, bite-sized steps, and that you teach it in a way that means when they implement those steps, Mm -hmm. there's an easy win every step of the way. Because as soon as you start teaching someone, actually, as soon as you start teaching an adult something new, and they fail at it, their mindset kicks Mm -hmm. in and says, See, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I I knew I'd be no good at this. But as soon as they start doing it and you start reinforcing these small wins, Mm -hmm. the opposite is true and go, actually I can do this. Mm -hmm. What was I worried about? Mm -hmm. And that's so important to get an easy, early win in straight away because the majority of people will give up too soon because they Mm -hmm. inevitably, your first ever performance something aren't great. So don't give them something to do which gives them too high probability of failure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give them something to do in the implementation that gives them a high probability of success. Mm-hmm. And then build upon that each mm-hmm. step of the way, such that by the time they've implemented these small little wins, they build upon each other and now you've climbed the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If you are enjoying interviews so far, make sure to follow me on other social media. You will find me on YouTube and Facebook as Million Mori Warrior Family on Instagram As Smiljan Mori, and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Smiljan Mori. S M I L J A N M O R I. So when I'm I'm coming to your event in September, October, probably. Yeah. So what can I expect when I leave the seminar? And is this seminar also for new people? Like I don't have a clue. I know that I have a message. I'm, you know. I'm, uh, I, I decided that I'm going to speak on something and yes. train. Yes. And if they come to your event, will they leave with some idea what is their niche? Yes. Brand, product.
1: Yeah, what we actually do is we, yeah. for people who don't have that all set already, we send them out an, uh, another product in advance uh-huh. that helps mm-hmm. them to go through a, a series of questions that will help them to understand what problem they should be working mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. what the, the target market should be for mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. what problems that target market okay. therefore has that they need to solve, so they come with mm-hmm. you know their passion ready mm-hmm. to be put into a profit, yeah. Ah,
2: uh-huh. okay.
1: Yeah, but at the end of it you'll leave with a presentation, which we call your signature talk. It's one that you'll deliver many times, either one-to-one, okay. one-to-a-small uh-huh. one uh-huh. number, one-to-many. That will, it does, it's four things, like I said. It's, the, it's your story yeah. of why you do what you do, because mm-hmm. your expert-positioning story has to not only illustrate the why you do what you do, it has to have a message in that story as well, mm-hmm. otherwise it comes across as a bit, look at me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it also must position you as someone who's got some knowledge and know-how in this particular area Mm -hmm. based on your experiences. Mm -hmm. So the story's important. Then as you've mentioned, this UBS, the Mm -hmm. unique branded solution, this recipe, so we we make sure you you bake that cake on day two, Mm -hmm. you have to create that that recipe. Mm -hmm. On day three it's about creating the content that goes around that, Mm -hmm. and day four we show you how to sell. you build that, and the first presentation you give is like two minutes. Uh-huh, okay. The final presentation you give is thirty minutes. Mm-hmm, no notes, no slides. No. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Nothing. In four days. Four days. Yeah. Wow. Great. Yeah. Because we build you up slowly. Good
0: Yeah. You mentioned a uh, special skill, which is selling from stage. You're a master of selling from stage.
1: Well, you wouldn't say that if you saw my first few attempts. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't say probably. Yeah. Uh, and my first ever presentation I gave, which was designed to be a presentation where I was looking to get enrollments. Yeah. I had one person buy from 79 people, 79, 79 people in the audience, no. one person bought and then they canceled. So, anyway. so, so <laughs> if I go from that to building. So uh,
0: then this is not the natural ability to sell. I know many speakers, coaches, they have great content, but very bad sales.
1: Yeah. Well, it's two things. So is it mindset also? Yeah, so one thing is some presenter speakers have a hang up about speaking to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even a group of people that would actually look down on that. Mm-hmm. Like they believe that actually there's two types of speaker. There's the, the real speaker who gets paid to turn up and speak, deliver a keynote. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the other speakers who don't sell. get paid to speak but turn up and sell. And they're just, you know, they're just selling their soul. You know, they're just-
0: But which one is more lucrative?
1: Yeah, well, if you're good at it, then the one that's more lucrative will obviously be the Mm -hmm. one where you speak to sell. Of course, the most lucrative is both. Yeah. You get paid to show up and you're allowed to sell as well. So that's like- That's great, that's great. But yeah, so it's more lucrative to to invite people to do business with you. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you think about it in a different way, if you do a keynote speech, let's say for an hour, mm-hmm. you might argue that you do people a disservice because if you, if you speak for an hour mm-hmm. and get them all excited, but you don't give them a next step to actually implement the advice you've been given, probably it's all short-term memory stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and I think it's nice that people teach, you know, St- and tell a story of how they climb Mount Everest and overcome this, or swam across the Arctic Circle or won a gold medal. There's a place for that. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I think what people want today, or what businesses want today, what people want today, is not just someone teach them how to climb a the Mount Everest
0: how they did mountain.
1: It. It's actually, can you teach them the steps to climb out of this specific mountain I'm trying to climb? It's the one out of grief. I'm trying to climb out the mountain of debt. I'm trying to mount, climb at the mountain of my business. Didn't make any profit last year. How can we become more profitable? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've overstaffed or whatever. Whatever problem, they want they can... actual steps, not some mm-hmm. just metaphorical steps mm-hmm, mm-hmm. only that a traditional keynote speaker might give you. So, and that's, I believe, how this market has shifted mm-hmm. is that years ago it was dominated by the keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. But actually, what businesses want today, what people want today, is to heal here content, knowledge, know-how, and real-world knowledge know-how mm-hmm. from somebody who's actually been and done and overcome the problem that they're facing. Because mm-hmm. most people won't face the problem of, overco- of climbing Mount Everest, yeah. but they'll face real-world problems, and that's what Their people own, are searching yeah. for, is a real-world problem that I want a solution to that I know you've created. Help me with that, because I'm not going to climb Mount Everest, even though it's inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, how does your day look like?
1: It's very varied. When do we wake up? Um, normally around six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to for a, a couple, for, for a few years, I, I woke up at 4.30 and was training mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the gym at 5 a.m. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, but it, it, it was pretty tough. Um, so I now wake up about six, um, breakfast with the kids. Uh, if they're, you know, mm-hmm. if they're going to school, obviously we'll get them to school. Most of the time I, I will be there to take them to school as well, mm-hmm. most times. And then to the gym, normally my sessions start at half past nine. Mm -hmm. So my working day probably starts at 11, unless I'm at an event, in which case, of course, it's different. The schedule is different. I wouldn't work out on that particular day normally, or I might work out in the hotel, depending on Mm -hmm. if I have time to do so. Um, And then the only tasks that I do in my business, because I found there are actually six tasks that I could do. But today, whilst I did do all six tasks originally, today, those, about four and a half of those tasks are done by other people. Mm-hmm. So one is content creation.
0: This is what you still do.
1: Yes, yeah, so content creation, okay. um, commercials, adverts. Mm-hmm. So business, these are the six things I believe everyone needs to do. Okay. You, need to, you need to create content, or you need to curate content, interview, whatever it is. But yes. you need to create new content all the time. Some of that content needs to be a commercial, so Mm -hmm. it needs to be an advert. So sometimes you have to produce videos that have a call to action Mm -hmm. Them, Yeah, webinars. Exactly, yeah. So you've got content, commercials, then you've got to create, you've got to have creations. So you actually need to create products. Mm -hmm. So you can't just have just content. Sometimes you have to package those Mm -hmm. into an event, a book, an audio series, Mm -hmm. whatever. So you actually give people tangible things to buy. Mm -hmm. Then there's uh, also, um, campaigns mm-hmm. so the content must also then be you know there has to be a, a funnel as we naturally yep, call it right. a campaign um, then there's connect says so connect actually like we are today connecting mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. where you're connecting sometimes that's through email mm-hmm. sometimes that's through other forms but mm-hmm. sometimes we live on a stage is connect and the last one is coordinate. Mm-hmm. You've got to coordinate all your efforts, coordinate your team, mm-hmm. coordinate the marketing. Everything has to be coordinated and automated mm-hmm. as much as possible as well. So, of those, today I'm only really doing the content pieces mm-hmm. and the creation pieces. The rest of it's taken part of marketing
0: in mm-hmm. the How many people you have in the office? Back ten. Of ten.
1: Yeah, we have ten people. We had mm-hmm. a, a few more, uh, but I've, I pulled back at a couple of people just because they were too too luxury mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. We weren't really getting the value, so I do still use those people, but they're now hired as outsourced rather than staff. Mm -hmm. So we have 10, and five of those guys, five of those people are salespeople, and then two of them are marketing, so that's Mm -hmm. seven revenue generators, Mm -hmm. Uh, and only... That's nice. Only two, so it's nine actually, so only two, Administrative staff that are mm-hmm. non-revenue generating. I like I like that mm-hmm. metric because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know yeah, I, Smart. if you have too many,
0: too many administri- administration.
1: Yeah, uh, administration um, has to work hard, you know, yeah. to do it. I mean, they're good people, but you automate as much as possible so you have need less mm-hmm. staff.
0: Okay, this is you, professional speaker. What about somebody starting out? He cannot afford ten people or five. Yes, right which role he should fill in first.
1: Well, the, 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 most important thing to do of all is to take away from the entrepreneur mm-hmm. all 10 pound tasks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, $10 tasks, 10 Euro tasks. Per hour. Well, in essence, all tasks that you do mm-hmm. that you could give to somebody else. Because all entrepreneurs have to make at least one bet. Mm-hmm. And that bet is, can I pay somebody else? do these very low-value tasks, can I, afford, can I pay them, mm-hmm. and if that releases me to do the higher-value tasks, mm-hmm. will I make more money releasing myself to the revenue-generating tasks mm-hmm. than it costs me to pay somebody else to the low-value tasks?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, look, you always pay someone at the end of the month, don't you? Absolutely. So you get 30 days free. That gives you, if the entrepreneur is not willing to make a bet that says, I hire someone on day one, first day of the month, and by day 30, I would not have made enough money by releasing myself from these menial tasks to pay that person's salary, yeah. then you're not, you're not an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You have to make that bet that you can take, you've, you've got to get those tasks mm-hmm. off of your list because you'll just become an operator. Yeah. And you can't operate them, you can't operate. You've got to get into that creative space, you know, you've got to mm-hmm. get out there, and the first thing you've got to do is produce sales. Got to get everything else right. Mm-hmm. Got to get some numbers on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that Absolutely, is. Yeah. You know, otherwise, your business will die mm-hmm. very quickly.
0: How do you generate leads today? The leads are coming from what, uh, like Facebook ads, yep. webinars, oh, yep. automated webinars, live presentations. How, how do you do it? Yeah, all those. So, all of those?
1: Um, from an online point of view, probably Facebook is still winning, okay. um, as it probably is for most people. Mm-hmm. I like LinkedIn. I think it's getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, you know, we still haven't mastered that yet. And I don't think it's not, you know, it's not as good as Facebook yet as per mm-hmm. cost per lead. Mm-hmm. But it's never good to put all your eggs in my basket. So there we are. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stage time, obviously. So mm-hmm. I speak, I, I'm, I'm invited to speak on guest Speakers' events okay. quite a lot, and other promoters mm-hmm. would promote me on their stages and you know put mm-hmm. a special event on just for me, mm-hmm. and all that feeds people into the business, obviously. Mm-hmm. And i you know, albeit I might share revenue with a promoter on the front mm-hmm. end,
2: mm-hmm.
1: obviously on the back end with you know further training we might provide that person. Of course, that would be a hundred percent revenue for us. Yeah, webinars work really well for us. Mm-hmm. Really, they're really powerful. Good way to reach people who perhaps aren't geographically mm-hmm. located mm-hmm. near to where you put an event on. Mm-hmm. So that helps you have a greater reach there. Um, and of course, you know, at that point, once they've touched base with you, they might then be ready to, to make a purchase mm-hmm. of a higher priced product, now they know you. Um, yeah, that's it really, so mm-hmm. yeah, events, webinars, Facebook works really well for us. We have an audio book that we give away for mm-hmm. free, other okay. products we give away for free, so we make sure we give away for free on the front end mm-hmm. because we know the, the value is always in the lifetime value of a customer. Absolutely. Take risk away from them.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what, what advice would you give to me or somebody that want to break into the international speaking market, a like completely new market?
1: The, the like, easiest like way. The UK market. Yeah, like. the easiest way is to is to network and uh, get a guest speaking slot on an event that already exists. Mm -hmm. Because number one, Mm -hmm. you know, that means it takes the big headache away from, you know, all the risk of not having a foothold and marketing and a list in that area, Mm -hmm. because the promoter already has that, the the event organizer has that Mm -hmm. already. Plus, if you get that that live uh, event, your talk talk Mm -hmm. recorded, That also becomes useful to give to somebody else in the future for Mm -hmm. another promoter. Mm -hmm. Same thing I did when I first started when I didn't have a big foothold here in the UK. um, You know, I started speaking at other people's events, Mm -hmm. I'd record those events, so I could then give that to to a bigger promoter Mm -hmm. who might have an audience of 500 rather than 50, and that would give them the the knowledge and know-how that my content was really Mm -hmm. useful. Of course, if you then turn the camera around and all these people are buying at the back of the room. They tend to like that too, huh? Yeah, yeah. So that becomes a good way to start. And then once you then establish yourself and you've done a few events and a few different workshops that mm-hmm. you've then sold on, you've got, you know, you've got some collateral, you've got some, mm-hmm. you've got some experience, you've got some testimonies, you've got some case studies. And that will then help you when you don't put your own event on mm-hmm. because then you can put those case studies on the page, can't you? As proof and evidence Absolutely. that your stuff works and it works in this country as well that you're in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely recommend seeking out other people that have got an mm-hmm. event on.
0: Where can I find these promoters in UK? Is oh. there any special web page or?
1: Hey man, no. you just, you've just, if, you, I mean, if you just pay attention to Facebook,
0: mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah. Then you're gonna They're, see, everyone's gonna yeah.
1: advertise their events on Facebook. So all mm-hmm. you have to do then is Contact that, that tells you and I'd go to the event. Yeah. Why not go to the actual event? And while you're there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, try to get the relationship with that person and get some sit down time. Maybe not at that event, but maybe arrange that. Mm-hmm. And it's always good to go first as well, because all speakers want, um, all promoters want, you know, what's good, what's in it for them, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. like you have with me today, you've invited me today mm-hmm. to, to um, uh, be interviewed by yeah, you. Yeah. So as always, give before yeah, yeah. you, before you receive.
0: Absolutely. So give
1: to that person. How can I help you fill your events? How can mm-hmm. I do this? You know, well, what can I introduce you to my thing? You know, have you got any products that will be useful to my audience? Mm-hmm. And by stretching out that way, because most people come from it, like, well, can I speak at your event? Can I do this? Yeah, they hear right. that all the time. Yeah. And what you want is the opposite of that. Let yeah. me help you first. Yeah, nice. Um, but of course, this also implies that you would have something to offer that mm-hmm. person. But, you know,
0: great, great idea. If
1: you can't offer them something, you're probably not going to be able to offer the audience mm-hmm. anything anyway. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. uh, you look great. You're in great shape. What do you do like in the gym? You said I'm going to the gym. You yeah. lift weights or something? Yeah,
1: so a combination. So combi- I think we do about four days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, resistance training, but mm-hmm. at least one session will be more cardio. Each session has a bit of cardio in it, at least 10 15 minutes of cardio mm-hmm. in the session. Mm-hmm. And then at least one session a week will be more cardio, which is the tough one. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a trainer. Yeah. I'm you not very good. Training? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not very good at doing on my own. I very much prefer somebody else <laughs> to give me the distinctions. Because yes. also, I think when you do exercise, you can do the exercise wrong and not know you're doing mm-hmm, it wrong mm-hmm. because you don't quite pinch in the right place mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, and somebody else will always push you much harder, you know, than you can push yourself. You, you're, you're the easiest person to lie to, you yeah, know, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's good to have someone push you like that. And um, yeah, I'm really happy with them. I've been with this particular trainer for about five, six months mm-hmm. now. Um, and I think if you're gonna choose a trainer, choose someone who has the body you want. Mm. <laughs> it's always a great thing, you know, because sometimes if you, you, know, you train someone who's big bulk like that, but yeah, you don't no, want to be like no, that, no. then there's a mismatch. Because yeah, yeah. that person, um, he's gonna have a different training regime, different mm-hmm. mindset about how he goes around training, and mm-hmm. it's not gonna work for you. So mm-hmm. if you want more of a slim physique, for example, where it's more lean, then mm-hmm. go with someone who has that. If you want someone bulked up, then want that. Even if you're a female, for example, and you want a lovely body, but you don't want to be you have ridiculously showing with the yeah. abs all showing and look like a muscle person, you want to have good tone, then again, go with a, yeah, a, a yeah. girl that's got that great tone that you want because she's clearly proved it to herself.
0: So exercising is the source of energy for you. Look, yeah. Something I, else?
1: Yeah, because, well, your mind will work, function way better mm-hmm. if, you're, uh, if your body's fit and mm-hmm. healthy and vibrant because you know, you're not, your body's not having to consume energy just to operate itself, mm-hmm. not as much energy to operate itself, um, which means you've got more energy for the other goals and tasks, and more energy you've got to give yeah, to other yeah, people. Yeah, if you yeah. you can't serve other people if you haven't got enough energy for yourself, you know, because you, you have to give so much to be to different on stage people. like
0: seven, eight, nine hours. Yeah, Takes a yeah
1: lot people of time. don't realize a lot of you know a regular person maybe doesn't realize it. Really does it doesn't upset me because it's unfair. It, I find it frustrating that. There's a group of people that don't that look at people who make money, have a business. They've got no clue how much service goes into that, how much good goes into mm-hmm. that. They just see you making profits, and they focus on that. And I get it because people are, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they've got their own limitations, and it's easier to judge than to to join in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the amount of energy it takes to create anything that lasts in the first place is huge. Mm-hmm. All entrepreneurs. I don't know if it's all entrepreneurs, but most entrepreneurs that are real entrepreneurs, they're really trying to build something that lasts. Mm -hmm. And the really good ones are trying to build something that outlives them. Yeah. And the universe has a way of atrophying everything. If you don't move your body, it will atrophy. If you don't paint your fence or creosote your fence, it will atrophy. Now everything has to move, and add value, or it atrophies over time.
0: Also, business. Yeah,
1: a business is the same because it's a living, it's a living, breathing thing. <laughs> Great method. And so, the constant effort just to survive, let alone make a profit, mm-hmm. and to serve people and to make make a difference, and all that, is an immense task mm-hmm. that not mm-hmm. everyone's cut out for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot of energy to do that. So you better take care of this energy before you start expending yeah. other people, otherwise you're gonna run into a big problem. Yeah. I
0: agree. Do you have any productivity hacks?
1: For like, fitness?
0: No, just productivity, like time management, tips.
1: Yeah, so I, don't, I never ever make a to-do list. No. Ever.
0: That's completely opposite what I hear. Yeah. So what uh, do you do? Uh,
1: so for me, I pass my to-do list to somebody else. Because everything that comes under my to-do list, I look at it and go, now, have I really got to do that? Does that really have to be me? Because about 80% of the time, it does not have to be me. So if I can get all the to-do lists off of mine, I want zero. My goal is nothing on my to-do list. So my first thing to do is to delegate everything on my to-do list to somebody else. And then I'm free because I don't want to work. I don't want to work doing operations. That's operations. No entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs don't want to do operations. You're really free to be creative, to go out there to serve, to make a difference, to be the figurehead. Mm-hmm. But you're people. bugged down with, oh, this meeting, and, 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 and. come That's on, me. somebody else, um, get somebody else to do it.
0: It's draining your energy.
1: I think like I said I have I have probably three things that I do so I I write I'll write I write the copy any words that go out that says it's come from me comes from me so if Mm -hmm. there's an email comes out and it's my name on it it does actually come from me it's Mm -hmm. not written by somebody else so Mm -hmm. there's the fair amount of marketing emails that need to be written sales copy etc always written by me Mm -hmm. Um, and on stage being on stage or doing podcasts or Mm -hmm. audios that's Mm -hmm. me I don't do anything else so Everything else that comes on the list and he's doing gets passed on
0: So it's like a not to do list. <laughs> it's Correct. not me list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that is great. Yeah, tip.
1: because you won't, because your to do list just gets longer. It gets longer and longer and longer and longer and longer.
0: It doesn't get shorter. Eh?
1: <laughs> no, not if you take stuff off. No. And you've just got let's say you okay, let's say in the beginning, because you don't have a big team and yeah. you haven't got outsources, whatever. Let's say you've got a list of twenty things that you've got mm-hmm. to do this month. Fine. Then what you've got to do, after did all those 20 things, at the end of the month, you have to fire yourself on one of the tasks.
2: Hmm.
1: And say, I will no longer do this task. I will have somebody else has to do this task next month, which means you now have to take that, that risk again and get somebody yeah, else to do it. So the best thing to do, the best, your first hire you should make is to, buy, is to get somebody who's prepared to be like a Swiss army knife.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can give them anything and they'll do it. Like there's any task. Any task, they're okay. just going to take everything off your desk and do it. They might not be the most biggest specialist in the area, but they'll mm-hmm. do a great job at almost everything. Mm-hmm. They're like a, you know, a, a, an odd job person, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Just to take all those tasks away from you. Mm-hmm. And then, eventually, uh, you can start buying in from specialists for other areas, to take some of those tasks away from that mm-hmm. person as the business grows in volume and size.
0: Great tip, great tip. Any books that you recommend to my audience? Yes, my book. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Passion into Profit.
1: Yeah, Passion to Profit. It's a good book. It's an easy read. Yeah. We probably read it in a. I forgot it it at home. In several hours. I bought it. Bring it with you to the event. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I haven't signed already. Um, Yeah, that's a good read for anyone who who wants to Mm -hmm. be a creative type who wants to, you know, turn some kind of passion they've got and build a business around Mm it. Um, But other books that are, I think, really, really good are. I love the work of John D. Martini, mm-hmm. do you know him? Yeah, yeah.
0: not personally, but I yeah. read his stuff. Well, I've yeah.
1: spoken alongside him a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've, had, we've had dinner together at least once. And I just find his um, distinctions that he mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. Um, very balanced uh, and very mm-hmm. on point. So I like mm-hmm. John Scott, he's a prolific writer as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he does a lot of tour. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't even have a house, you know this, he lives on a boat. No. Really? He right. lives on a boat. I think I believe the boat is called the world. That's what the boat's called. And it never, it doesn't really, it just, it just constantly goes around the world. Because you know, if he just, it'll just fly to the nearest place and then get, get another boat onto the boat if he's going. Really? He doesn't have a fixed boat, he's always going around the world. Pretty cool life. Nice. Yeah. Cool life, yeah. yeah. So, John B. Don book. He's got a book out called The Gratitude Effect. That was a good mm-hmm. book, The Gratitude Effect.
0: I think I have it.
1: It's about being great, learning to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another, another person who says something similar on that same line is a, a lady by name of um, uh, Byron Katie. Byron Katie, yeah. Mm, loving lo- what the is. The work, yeah. Yeah, the work, is it? Yeah, are loving you, what are is. Are you
0: sure? Are you 100% yeah. sure? It, yeah.
1: It's about turning it all back on yourself. Yeah, yeah.
0: all the beliefs. Uh, what is your number one belief system like for somebody to be successful or become a millionaire? You know, you have, we have this fancy word or term, become a millionaire. Is there any belief that we have to have in order to become financially independent?
1: I don't know if it fits in with being financially independent, but my my biggest belief is why try so hard all your life to fit in Mm. when you're born to stand out. Mm. And I think that is such an important thing because in business, as a speaker, Mm -hmm. speaker or not, in business, you're going to be judged. Mm because you're going, your job is to take a stance on something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that makes you attractive. It also makes you repulsive. Mm-hmm. To be attractive on one end of the magnet, you've got to be repulsive on the other end of the magnet to different people. And if, you're, if you try to live in the middle of the magnet, you'll have no attraction, you'll have no repulsion. You'll just have everyone going, who, who are you? And so you've got, to, you've got to give up the need mm-hmm. for other people to validate you. Mm-hmm. The only person's job it is to validate you is you. And if you're, if you're willing to listen to other people challenging you, calling you all sorts of names, slagging you off, calling you a snake or salesperson or all these kind of labels that, the, <laughs> that people have for you. If you're willing to listen to all of that and not let it emotionally affect you, mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't take it on, you just go, you know, you, that's just part of the game. And you realize that those people saying that, if they say it's good because it means that there must be a counterbalance on the other side mm-hmm. and you can serve those people, but you can't serve anybody in the middle. So it's about being unique enough to be loved mm-hmm. and hated at the same time. Because that's something that can, you can build something around. But nobody was ever loved by everyone anyway.
0: So how do you how do we deal with haters? Haters. <laughs> you don't, don't deal.
1: <laughs> well, uh, my job is not to take them from the hate side to the love side. Oh, okay. Because if I have to convert this person and take them over there, much of the time I'm doing that, if I had to, I'd have to water down my message to make it fit them. Mm -hmm. So they've already put themselves into that camp. My job is not to try to convince the Mm -hmm. Mm non-convertible. My job is to accept that the non-convertible are there for a reason. They keep my feet on the ground. Because if everyone loved Power. you, you'd get such an overinflated version of yourself in your head, you wouldn't be on the ground, and then that's when you start making some stupid mistakes. But luckily, the God, the universe owes that, so it mm-hmm. always provides the counterbalance. Because for an up, there's always a down, for a left, there's always a right, and for an in, there's always an out.
0: That's great. So as long as you advice.
1: recognize that there'll always be a counterbalance, remember, that's perfect. Yeah. Accept it, embrace it, and serve the people that are wanting your message or your mm-hmm. mission, because wow. those are the people you need.
0: Great advice. Uh, where where we can we find more information about you?
1: Yeah, there's loads of websites. Yeah. But, um, one specifically where we can give away a free gift okay. uh, to the people, uh, gift, yeah. um, so we have a product called Breakthrough to Life You Deserve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, actually, I have that website, I think, probably here, yeah. so let's get that actually Breakthrough right. Breakthrough
0: to the Life yeah, you so it's like a Yeah,
1: it's a it's an 11 audio set, mm-hmm. Um, it's over 10 hours of audio, so wow. if they've loved this, there was loads more, but it's, got, it's more structured. It's a studio-recorded okay. product, and uh, there's exercise and things that mm-hmm. people can actually really? do. Um, so, let me give you that website right here. It is, uh, it's a bit.ly link, is that okay? Mm-hmm. So it's bit.ly forward slash b-t-l-y-d-18. Okay. But I'm guessing you'll put yeah. a we will, we will include the link in the, yeah. in
0: the video, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll say it once more. So yeah. bit.ly forward slash btlyd18. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I have one last question. I call it power message or the last message. If, mm. you, only had, if you only had five seconds to live, what would be your last message to your kids? Something that they would remember to the rest of their lives. I love you. Hmm. Thank you very always much.
1: Always have, always will.
0: I love you. I love you too. Thank you very much for coming uh, to my show. Uh, I love you too and uh, watch other shows and live the life you want to live and be sure you can have it all. Thanks. Thank you very much, Andy. You're welcome, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my eBooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies, confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smiljan Mori. YouTube and Facebook, Smiljan Mori. Warrior Family. Twitter, Smiljan Mori. And LinkedIn, Smiljan Mori.